everybody. Welcome to Comedy Film Nerds, episode 267. 267, a streamlined episode, mm-hmm. because guess what? No guests. However, <laughs> however, that does not mean the spoiler app will not have a guest. Oh, we will have a guest for the uh, little uh, Avenger movie. That- Many uh, emails and tweets saying that you guys are doing a spoiler <laughs> You guys are doing a spoiler app, of course we are. For, for Avengers. Uh, and and uh, it will be a young lady by the name of Jacqueline Cation. Yeah, who has may possibly read a few comic books in her I time. I think once or twice. Uh, the question is not, did she see this yeah. movie? It's how many many times has she yeah, seen we had to grab her before she was about to go see it again literally yeah no joke <laughs> so we're gonna record that later yeah. today uh, our guest this morning uh woke up sick and canceled mm-hmm. sick of driving to the valley <laughs> he woke up god <laughs> then i've been suffering from that illness yeah. for years <laughs> but you power through it you take your antibiotic and you go yeah i'm not a <laughs> pussy you know what i mean <laughs> I wake up, I drink some kombucha, and I uh, <laughs> swim like, laps, and I do vegan protein powder. And guess what? I'm here. You are. You are. Yeah. And you're every day when you leave the house, you just go, Valley, here I come. Here you go. Here you go, Valley. <laughs> um, so. Well, we're not just going to talk about Avengers today, and we will also not get into any spoilers. We will save that for the spoiler app, but we will also be talking about some cool movies, The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness, um, some interesting movies on DVD Blu-ray. Selma, Black and White, Spare Parts, and Secret of Kells, and uh, some interesting movies premiering this week. Mm-hmm. And a horrible one. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll be talking about a lot. <laughs> a horrible <laughs> one. Um, we're also going to talk about some of the trailers I saw before Age of Ultron. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out to comedy film nerd fan Michael Holiday, uh, who works for the MLS, Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, hooked me up with some tickets to the game, this the Galaxy game this past weekend. Um so much fun. Uh, the MLS is a lot of fun. And, uh, I, I, you know, I want to tell anybody out there, if you're living in a city that has an MLS team, go to the games. Maybe you're like, oh, I'm not a big sports fan. You know what? Here's the thing about soccer, especially in the States. It's not drunky meatheads, like football games and stuff like that. It's really, it's really, it's really cool. And the games are two hours. And or they like always, in Europe. Or like in Europe. Yeah, there's no rioting. <laughs> Nobody is that crazy about soccer in this country <laughs> but it's just the right amount of like people into it and uh the right amount of passion and excitement right amount of passion and excitement so it was a lot of fun and i appreciate um so passion good crazy bad yeah passion good crazy bad <laughs> i think for soccer fans for for anything <laughs> I mean, you can put that on anything buddy <laughs> passion good hashtag passion good crazy bad all right, so that's what I'm going to write that one down. Uh, so the next time you're on the 310 to Osaka, yeah. you can uh, you can uh, hashtag work it. You can hashtag crazy <laughs> bad. All right. Um, so thanks again, Michael Holiday, for that. So uh, oh, and I, I want to thank also our uh, one of our fans, Michelle, who worked at uh, Disney and uh, hooked us up with a couple tickets down there, and that was uh, fantastic. So thank you so much. She saw us at the. Uh, San Diego live show. Oh, wow. So I apologized for that. <laughs> oh, so that she was that, the, her and her husband were the, act, yeah, she was, yeah, they, they were the show. They, they were, were the, yeah, they, they were, the, were the, audience. the audience. Yeah. So, um, there were six you. people at that show. Yeah. I, don't wanna, I don't want to offend the other four people who were at that show. Yeah. So thank you, Michelle. Um, and thanks. one of them was Mike Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that includes our guest. <laughs> includes me, you, and our guest. Yeah. Um, right on. Well, let's get into it. Avengers. Okay. All right. 
Now, did you you saw it after I did? I actually went to I dropped the kids off. He went school. to the I went, went to the, the dad literally, meeting. I went the to the dad screening. the dad screening. Eight forty five a.m. <laughs> Me and about ten other people, and it was it was great. Yes, it was. Uh, it was uh, I was. I was so excited to see this movie, and I'll tell you, when the first scene just started, right out of the gate, you're just like, you want to cheer and yell in your seat. I'm like, yeah, that's so awesome. Uh, I had a lot of fun at this movie. I had a few, uh, I, I found there was a few interesting creative choices that mm-hmm. uh, bothered me a little bit, but overall, um, a really fun, great way to kick off the summer. Is it's it- like, you know, how, how are you going to top that unless you're Mad Max? Right. <laughs> Well, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I had a similar feeling. There was a couple slow spots for me in watching the film, but overall it was a blast. You know what I mean? Like I had a lot of fun doing it. I went to see it at the Chinese theater in 3D IMAX. Main screen? The big screen. Oh, wow. The screen. Must have been packed. It was, well, we went to a 4.30 in the afternoon on Friday. Oh, you went to a rush hour screening. Yes. So, so <laughs> it was full, it was full, but wasn't crazy packed. Right. So it was kind of the, it was, it was, wasn't like nuts, mm-hmm. but it was, there was just enough people in there. And so there was cheering and whooping right. and hollering and everything like that. And, uh, I went with it with a friend who has never been to the Chinese and they got to see all the cool stuff, Marilyn Monroe's dress and mm-hmm. all the old photos and all the stuff inside and, and the ornate artwork and then how they've completely redone. I talked about it when I went to Interstellar, but it bears repeating because this is like maybe my favorite theater to, to, to see a movie. You know, Neil mentioned the same thing. He said, you know, they completely redid the it's, Chinese. I'm like, I know, Graham was telling me all about it. It's so great. The seats are really comfortable. The eye lines are amazing. And, you know, a guy comes out and introduces the film and he's talking about... Um, that this is the first movie using this new laser 3D, um, which, you know, we've talked about. It. I'm not a huge 3D fan, but when it's done correctly. With a laser. With a laser. <laughs> and I just kept screaming, lasers! That's like one of those buzzwords. It's laser. Like, um, yeah, when you say it's, it's the new Dolby technology, the Atmos sound. Oh. Like, what, what, none of these words mean anything. I don't know what that means, yeah. but sure. Yeah, You're, these are marketing terms. Laser 3D. Yeah. You could just call it like, you know, the the blue orange system yeah. Su- super mega <laughs> yeah this <laughs> super mega 3d and laser and yeah. laser point um the floor chair the floor <laughs> the, we have an exclusive new floor chair system the ultra extreme 3d laser system um generated uh from a hashtag passion good crazy bad <laughs> Uh, computer. Uh, it, it was, it was, so that was exciting. Did you see the difference? You know, the guy goes, he goes, watch the new Jurassic Park trailer. You'll mm. see what we're talking about. Okay. Now I've seen that trailer before in 2D. Yes. And, um, this is a slightly longer one now, mm-hmm. but that scene where they're at basically the Jurassic Park Sea World, you know, where that, right jumps mm. comes out of the water mm. um that scene was i noticed a little bit of a difference got it i really mm. did so um so then i saw the star wars trailer in 3d in, in 3D. 3d in late excuse me in laser laser 3D. 3d yeah okay. don't be an asshole yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> in laser 3d um l3d l3- <laughs> lays thread yeah um and here's the thing 
I intentionally, when, when big movies like that come out, like when they released the Star Wars trailer a week or so ago, mm-hmm. I, I intentionally don't watch it on the internet. I don't want to see it. Right. Because I want to see it for the first time on a big screen. Right. Because I wanted to have the effect that happened to me Friday afternoon, <laughs> which was the, the, the thing starts, the Star Wars music starts tinkling in, the Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. and I just go, oh, God, mm-hmm. this is it. Mm-hmm. And... um. It looks pretty amazing. I don't know if I'm going to see Star Wars in 3D just because the original ones weren't in 3D. Mm-hmm. And so, but it did look cool. And that scene in the Star Wars trailer where you see the crashed, um, uh, you know, rebel ship, what are those called? The Corinthian, the big, the big cruisers. The, the big, rich Corinthian leathers. The rich Corinthian leather ones. <laughs> You're talking about the Star Destroyers? The big ones. The big. The. Imperial ones. Imperial ones. They have a specific name. It's Star Destroyer. Are you talking about the one that's crashed in yeah. one of the trailers? Yeah. Yeah, that's a big Star Destroyer. Oh, or is okay. it a different ship you're yeah, thinking of? It's getting, we're going to get nerdy. TIE Fighter. No, no, it's not <laughs> TIE Fighter. It's the big one in the trailer you're talking about, but I thought they had a specific name, and, and there's a thousand people listening to this right now screaming. So we're going to yeah. go. Yeah. Ricardo Montalban. No, they're not screaming that. They're, they're, they're called the Carillions or... Anyway... That big ship, mm-hmm. that scene, um, is pretty cool in this new th- in this 3D. Okay, um, and and that trailer was so awesome. I'm so glad I waited, and right. the first time I saw it was on that screen. It's an amazing trailer. It's I mean, an ama- it got me even more excited about the movie. Oh God! I mean, so if that mo- if that trailer is exciting on your computer, imagine right. on a IMAX screen. Huge, yeah. So that was great, and then the Batman also in 3D, right? Yes. Okay, and then the Batman. The Superman trailer. Right. The Batman and Superman versus the audience trailer. (laughs) And I watched it and I went, if the Christopher Nolan Batman movies never came out, this would be awesome. You would be like, oh shit. But it's just like, oh, there's the, the, a Batman we've never seen before fighting the boring Superman. Who doesn't talk. Who doesn't, the the mopey Superman. Yeah. And now this Batman has laser eyes, Mm -hmm. like the 3D. That's the takeaway from the trailer. That's what I took <laughs> away from it. Now, there are cool things in that trailer I want to talk about. Okay. Because I already disagree, but okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> the themes in the voiceover. So they just do that push in of the Superman statue. Mm-hmm. And you're hearing all of the d- debates, which that is interesting to me in the terms of if a guy actually showed up from outer space that had these superpowers, how would this world that we're currently living in react to him? Right. That's something I would be interested mm-hmm. to see. And that is something that they're drawing on from the, the Dark Knight graphic novels from the 80s, right. which obviously take place 20, 30 years after Congress had outlawed superheroes. Mm-hmm. And the only one they left was Superman. That's, an, you know, handled properly, that can be very interesting. Right? But... You don't have the counterbalance to that at all in the trailer or in this movie. You don't have the counterbalance to what Superman represents and always has is um, humanity better than themselves. Right. Like the ideal that humanity should strive for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't see any of that. You just see, wow, this all looks horrible. Then what's the point? Yeah. You know, there is no other side. There is no, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> other argument. There's all just 
yeah, gosh, Superman, he's too powerful. He's awful. He, he should go away. Yeah, false god. Yeah. We're afraid of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that's, you know, why, and, you know, um, there's nothing to counterbalance that. There's certainly no dialogue on his part to counterbalance it because he never talks. So I'm just, I have very low expectations for that film. Now, I, I, I want to get back to the 3D. I don't know if you can answer this or not because I don't think, I know you didn't see any of the uh, Hobbit movies. Um, the crispest 3D I've ever seen was high frame rate 3D. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, I'm curious to see, actually, if any in the audience, have you seen the high frame rate 3D for the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings movies and the new laser 3D, if you've noticed any differences, one better than the other as far as the technology goes. Now, I will say with the high frame rate, even though the, the 3D was really crisp, it gives that soap opera effect where everything looks like beta SP in a washed out um, video. Like you don't get that warmth of uh, film. Mm-hmm. Did you still get that warmth of uh, film and color tone in the laser 3D? Um, I, yeah, I did. Okay, good. I did. And I, and I like that. And so now, so let's get into now the Avengers. So the thing that, I did like about this 3D is obviously the Avengers have always been big, bright colors. Yes. All these superheroes with all these big costumes Mm -hmm. and Hulk and all this other stuff. So, And even the backgrounds are usually pretty bright and vibrant too. They're pretty bright and vibrant. I think had I seen this in 2D, I would have still loved it. Everything would have still been great. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Normally my complaint with 3D is I don't like the glasses. I feel like I'm closed off. I feel like I got this thing on my head. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is still there to a certain extent. Sure, of course. Especially, you don't wear, try putting them over regular glasses. It's even more uncomfortable. Exactly. But I will say this. This new 3D and on that giant IMAX screen, Mm -hmm. I was so submerged in that world that when I got out of the theater, I was like on Hollywood Boulevard, you know, looking at the Roosevelt Hotel, which is, by the way, if you're ever in Hollywood, it's where the original... um, the very first Academy Awards were held in this little ballroom. And it's haunted. And it's haunted. Um, or so they claim, which yeah. I'm sure is good for sales. Uh, so I was just looking at Hollywood Boulevard and I was like, oh, wow. Like I had to kind of remember I was back in that world because, and, and, I, and I say this as a positive thing. I think it's this, this, that giant screen and that new 3D so immersed me in that world. And they shot that film to utilize it. They didn't yes. slap the technology on later. Right. Um, but now when you got back off onto Hollywood Boulevard, weren't there still people dressed up as the Avengers? Yeah, so maybe that was part of it too. There was some, uh, the, you know. There was a bunch of crackheads. Yeah, there's a bunch of, the there, was, yeah. there was some homeless guy with a Thor hammer yeah. and a dirty cape. My favorite was the Persian Spider-Man. He came up to me, you want pictured with Spider-Man? <laughs> You want picture, my friend? You want, huh? You want to, uh, you want to have a good picture for? Come on, I web sling. I swim, swim your leg, huh? Swim, swim. Um, So yeah, that was cool. So I had a blast. This movie, the opening scene is just is just great. So much fun. Um, and I see what they're doing. You know, they're kind of. We'll get into this. The spoiler. They're kind of setting up what Avengers is going to happen, and they tie in this universe really well in terms of things that had just happened because the most recent Marvel movie we saw was, was it Iron Man 3? Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. But Guardians doesn't really tie into this world. It does. It does a little bit. It does because you have um, the Infinity Crisis with the Infinity Stones. Right. So you've got the Infinity Stone thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that's right. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's one character 
um, what Than- Thanos? Thanos, Thanos yeah. That, uh, I almost said Thanatos, but it's Thanos. And uh, he's been sitting in a chair for like a bunch of episodes and little extras. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. hasn't really done anything yet, but I guess they're setting him up to, right. to start doing what was something. The, the last, was it Captain America last summer? Yeah, it was Winter Soldier. Yes. There was no Infinity Stones in that one, but there was one in Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Cosmic Cube is considered one in the mm-hmm. first Avengers. And then... Um, the one in Guardians of the Galaxy was. I almost one. feel like when I was watching Avengers, and then in Loki's staff was the one. Too. Right. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like I need to go back and watch all of these movies in order, and then go see this Age of Ultron again. Just yeah, because there's yeah. So many references uh-huh. to all of this, and and this this some of it. I was like, I think that was from Iron Man. I think that was in Captain America. Right, Maybe right. It was the, Galaxy. The, there's definitely it's peppered with those little Easter eggs and kind of continuity things, and I think. Um, that was probably one of the problems I had with it. It was it was too kitchen sinky. There was too much in the film, mm-hmm. and one of the things too, you never know like the whole story. Like, was it Joss Whedon's idea to put in all these extra characters, or most likely it was more corporate? Like, we need to introduce these new characters mm-hmm. in this film. Like, when you have an Avengers movie, that's already a lot of Avengers. Yes. You don't necessarily need to introduce all these new characters. Now, real quick. Uh, it is, you're right, it's the Imperial Star Destroyer. Yes. That's what I was talking about. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> I've lost my shit. Well, maybe there's Corinthian leather on the seats in the Star Destroyer. Well, yeah, yeah, they're comfortable seats yeah. when they're driving up there. But anyway, I'm sorry, you were saying. That's all right, no worries. <laughs> um, so what What it was interesting is to watch, like, uh, there was a lot of great stuff. And, and when you have a character like Ultron... And eventually, as the movie's progressing, you're like, well, I know the Vision's going to be in it, but the Vision, um, this is not a spoiler, but the Vision gets there a little later. Let's let's say that. And But what I liked is the dichotomy of the Vision and um, Ultron. It, it really, it was a great, let me put it this way. The Vision introduction made perfect sense for the story. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I saw that. And I went, okay, well, that doesn't feel like forced to introduce more characters. Right. That feels like part of the story. Whereas Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch really felt like, well, now we're just trying to add too many characters into this film. I really think it could have been a very compelling movie without the addition of these extra characters. And also, I wondered, too, if there was a little rivalry because you had Quicksilver in the last X-Men movie. I'm like, no, no, we're going to put Quicksilver right, in, uh, right, in the right. Avengers. So, um, But... That's the main problem I had. And again, when I say problem, it's I still love the movie. These are just little nitpicky things. It got crowded. There was a lot going on. There were a lot of characters. And I, I think really you could have streamlined a little bit and, and not lost anything, mm-hmm. you know, um, because you also have everybody from Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. and you have all these extra supporting characters, too. Um, and you have Hawkeye and you have Black Widow. They're Avengers, but they don't have their own movies, at least right. not yet. So it's plenty of people. There's plenty of stories. There's plenty of interaction. Right. You don't right. need to add all these extra ones. Then you have like an extra holdover from Hydra. And you know what happens sometimes? And this is one of the problems with um, comic books sometimes is when you pick up a comic book, let's say you haven't read comic books in a while every little panel or every page may have like a reference or a character that's there for one second and then disappears and you have no idea what's right. going on. And uh, that also was the problem with some of the um, DC movies, the animated ones where you have these stories, but then you have all these characters that come in for one scene or whatever. And like, well, no, now just stick to the actual story and the actual main characters. So I think what happened is it just got, it got a little too busy. I would have liked to have seen it a little more focused. Honestly, that, 
complaint is was kind of my complaint as a kid growing up reading the Avengers comic book. Right. Because I was always like, I can't keep track of all these guys. Right, right. And it, people, uh, the other thing people may not know about the Avengers, it was a rotating Yeah, it was always roster. changing. It was always changing, which was part of my, I was like, ah, like, I kind of, and maybe that's just a personal preference thing. It was just like, also, I like- Justice League, founding members, and then you've got all the other ones too. Yeah, and I never got into Justice League, really. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I just prefer like this guy, right. this team, <laughs> yeah, these two, yeah. and then what rotates in is- is bad guys and the occasional helper. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, though, watching this movie, every time I was having similar thoughts to you, like, oh, I'm a little confused. Then something cool would happen. I'd go, ah, oh, this right. is great. You yeah, know what this I mean? is fantastic. Like, this is a blast. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, this movie, uh, I think if you like the original Avengers and you like all these Marvel movies, you're going you're gonna to be mm-hmm. fine. I kind of think the first Avenger one was, a, I, I liked it better. I think so too. I like. I definitely like the first one a little better. But again, not to say I didn't like this one. I, yeah, I still really liked like, it. They're both. They're both hashtag work. It's. And uh, they, now this is a, a Jackie Cation. We'll get into this a little more. But it's interesting to see this wasn't set up yet. But I wonder if they'll go in this direction. Uh, the Scarlet Witch and the Vision become like a romantic item. So I wonder if that's actually going to happen in the uh, in the movies. So it's uh, oh we'll that see. happens in the comic. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It's in inter- it's interesting to see the little things they're <laughs> setting up. And again, we'll get into the spoiler. But liked it, guys. Anybody else? You know, post your thoughts and what you what you if you had yeah, fun seeing and, it. And like one of the things too, where it was getting crowded, is like you, you know you're going to see Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, mm-hmm. uh, uh, although not Shield any longer. Right. But you're like, okay, well he's you know he's not part of shield so let's see how is he going to be relevant still to the story and, and still i think they pulled that off too yeah, like yeah. there's certain cameos and well, characters that's a cameo- that made that made more sense to the story well, yeah and they're also strong characters right and they've cast strong actors to play them and they have a history with the other characters already yeah, yeah. so it, it's definitely an amazing film it, it, it's also it's one of those summer blockbuster big hollywood spectacles that's done correctly like you that's no. the very definition of a popcorn movie and uh, you know when you say a popcorn movie you're like oh it's just a popcorn movie no a popcorn movie still gives you story and character and fun and all those yeah. things and that's what this movie delivers it's a lighter film uh i'm still my daughter is just bugging the hell out of me about seeing it i'm like i don't know it's still 10 years old i know it's like so what uh my wife is gonna see it and then um we'll decide together because it's like one of those right on the cusp because my daughter is like she loves that stuff but she's also really sensitive and like she doesn't like seeing people get killed so i'm like i don't know so um that's one of the like normally it's so cut and dried it's so easy yes no yes no yes no every once in a while it's like that right in the middle i'm not sure like gardens of the galaxy sure Winter Soldier, no. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely <laughs> so easy, not. Yeah. But uh, this one's kind of in the middle, so I'm not quite sure yet. But yeah, I liked everybody. All the Chris <laughs> Evans stuff, I like. You know, I, I really I, thought that they're doing some great things with Captain America, especially as he interacts with the rest of the mm-hmm. Avengers. I, I thought those were probably some of the jokes that landed the best, yeah. too. Um, and just the way he's really embraced that character. Like, you really feel... Like he's that man out of time. Even I love. He's like, I love Mark like Ruffalo. We got yeah. to get a lot more Mark Ruffalo as yes. the Hulk and what uh-huh. he's dealing with. That was really interesting. That was cool. Um, a little more Scarlett Johansson as yeah. Black Widow. Uh, actually, a lot more. You got to see a little more of her history mm-hmm. uh, through. That a, was cool. There's some really nightmarish, um, you know, flashback sequences, like horror movie stuff. Like some. Well, of they those used. The, that was there was a cool thing that they used of of the Scarlet Witch. 
Scarlet Witch screwing with their minds, screwing with their minds, and then you got to see really cool visions and stuff, mm-hmm. which I thought were really intriguing and kind of kept everything going, explained some stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. again, th- those are the like moments where I was like, "What's going on? Who's fighting?" And then that would happen. I go, "Oh, okay, okay. right, right." Um, so yeah, it's a cool movie, guys. I, I loved it. I loved it. Now, um, I will say the one other thing I didn't like is uh, I wasn't happy with the direction they took with Ultron. I really, um, I thought there was a bit of a disconnect. Here's the interesting thing. I want to ask any the fans there if they had the same reaction. Like, I liked the Ultron in the trailer better than I liked the Ultron in the movie. I am so, like, James Spader's voice is so great, I just overlooked any of that. Oh, that's great. Because yeah. I was just like, oh, more of Spader just yeah. talking in his James Spadery creep. Now, guy. I found that absolutely perfect. I yeah. found him, him, his voice and um, the way he was speaking was great. What I didn't like is what they did with the character, where they made um, Ultron ultimately like a petulant child. Like, like I can, right. I can see it more of if he's a new AI or if he's new to the world, like he wouldn't have that experience. But, but he wouldn't act like bratty. Like it would be right. more come from uh, the stems of like, well, I don't understand what you're doing, so I'm just going to do this. Your your motivations don't mean anything to me and they make no sense. But mm-hmm. it it seemed like at the beginning he almost just picked up on just being a bratty child. Like there, his performance was almost too um, childlike, like for a, a machine. Like when you look at um, the Vision and the way the Vision's character was... Uh, created and also uh, portrayed, it felt more like a super sentient machine. Mm -hmm. And that was the one problem I had a little bit with Ultron, where as the Ultron from the trailer, where it's this just calm, methodical um, machine that is smarter than everyone and then just thinks your destruction is best for the world. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to see a little bit more of that, more than like the kind of the jokey childy ultrani <laughs> kind of kind of character but other than that i mean i thought it looked um the the uh, character design the animation everything looked great james spader's voice was perfect um just the little creative choices with the character uh were a little off-putting for me but go see it it's amazing i mean i'm gonna see it again on yeah, friday this is this is a at least two i don't know what number jackie's up to uh, it's got to be at least three by now. Or four or ten. Or four, yeah. We'll find out when she gets here and what, how many she's planning on, time she's planning on seeing it. <laughs> uh, but it, it's great. You're not going to be disappointed. All right. So you saw the Studio yes. Ghibli film. I saw the Studio Ghibli documentary called The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness. And this was a really interesting documentary for a number of different reasons. The first reason is that it wasn't a great documentary. <laughs> That's funny. And um, the, way, the way I say that is because it wasn't, structured properly for an interesting documentary it wasn't um it it really lacked focus and the reason it was actually a great view and the great to watch was because of the subject the subjects um pretty much took over that movie whenever they're on camera and talking that's what makes this documentary great but as far as like an actual um the structure and the form of documentary filmmaking, it, it definitely falls short. And I'm going to explain why. First of all, um, Miyazaki is pretty much tied to Studio Ghibli. Right. It's, uh, there's other producers over there, but he's by far the most famous. And there's also other ones that you know do very great work as well. But for, for whatever reason, for better or for worse, he's the one that has the spotlight in this studio. So 
if we would have seen a documentary that pretty much focused on him and focused on him and the studio together and that symbiotic relationship, I think it would have been a much more interesting film. But instead, it goes on a lot of tangents that we follow around the other producers for a while and we follow around the other filmmakers, which is good. Mm-hmm. But what happens is when that, when that happens is the movie loses focus. And the other thing it, the movie really drops the ball on is the, and this is not a spoiler, the ending. Um, Studio Ghibli is in a lot of financial trouble and ultimately they're not making movies possibly forever. And, uh, but they are still staying open as a company. They're still running the museum and they're, they're still open, but it doesn't look like, like Miyazaki said, that was his last film. So there was a huge, obvious parallel here. You, you combine his life and his swan song movie, The Wind Rises, with kind of like the shuttering of Studio Ghibli in the production and how the culture has changed and how the audience has changed and how things aren't like the way they used to be. And the appetite for these films, uh, especially 2D animation, isn't there anymore. And these quotes from um, Miyazaki are absolutely unbelievable. He talks about everything from his childhood to just his philosophical takes on life. And they're amazing. Like he's talking about being a child. You know, when you're a child, you have all these opportunities. You have all these directions you can go. Uh, But when you start to pick and choose those opportunities and choices, the other ones disappear. Like, and he goes into all this, the philosophy of his life and just life in general. And it was so resonating and so interesting that you're like, well, no, I want that to be the movie. I want him to talk about his life and how it relates to this production company and why he's retiring and why this company's in trouble. Oh, that's what wow. I. That's the documentary I wanted to see mm-hmm. because you. Um, it also ties into his last film, The Wind Rises, which is um, a, a biography, but also kind of semi-autobiographical right. too. Um, about his own life, and he talks about the war and the right. bombings of when the American planes came over, and uh, you know him as a child, and it's all—it's absolutely fascinating to hear him talk and say these things. And then you hear like he's tough to work for, he's a tough boss, sure. and he doesn't write scripts; he does storyboards. So sometimes when he's making a film with the storyboards, no one knows how it's going to end because that's the that's the way they're he's making movies. And uh, when you hear that, you're like, how could these possibly even tie together? Because it's a you know animational start on a film because they take so long. But you know he won't be done the storyboards until like a year later when the movie's already being started. So it's, it's absolutely <laughs> fascinating. And um, what I did love about the way some of the film was shot is that they shot it a little bit like a Studio Ghibli animated movie where you've got these lush backgrounds and this cool kind of um, ethereal music and some of the shots are are really cool. So I would say it's definitely a work it for the subject matter, but it's a leave it for the documentary structure (laughs) of it. So it's definitely worth uh, a view and it's, it's just fascinating to see, you know, and it reminded me of when we toured, clive barker's offices like when we were talking to mark and he said what is it like to work with for clive barker and he said and i'll always remember this clive barker is tapped into something that none of us can see right like he's that kind of artist where he just sees things that nor us normal people don't and the documentary when you hear miyazaki talk you got that same exact impression he is so tapped into something artistic that you know we're we're just all playing catch up with his vision and you know he's in his 70s and he um uh he's still 
cares so much for Japan and for the work. Like, he'll work all day. He has a very strict schedule. But then Sundays, he goes and cleans out a river. Like, you know, he does. He, like, he goes and he goes outside and he works on cleaning up a river to uh, to keep the land the way he remembered it, to actually clean things up. So it's it's an amazing documentary for the subject matter, like I said, but the, the structure is it could have been a really more focused. But it's worth a view. It's streaming right, right now. You, you got to check it out. All right. Well, uh, guess who's back? Pro Flowers. Pro Flowers. Just in time for Mother's Day, Graham, because Mother's Day is this Sunday. May 10th. It's coming up. and But you guys still have time. Now, one of the things I wanted to let you guys know, I think last... Uh, Last episode, we said, oh, well, that coupon code expired on Friday. It didn't. It's still good. The CFN coupon code is still good. It expires this Friday. Um, But here's what's great about it. You can go to ProFlowers, and what you do is you go to ProFlowers.com. There's a little microphone in the top right corner. So click on that and type in CFN. You'll get a little welcome screen that says, Welcome, Comedy Film Nerds, Listener. And you get all these great deals. Like you get... A um, hundred blossoms with a free vase for just nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, that's great. But really, you know what's better? Because um, my wife just ordered this for her mother and I got to see all the options. For only nine ninety nine more, you get um, a premium vase and you can add chocolates. And the the premium vase are great because they come in like different shapes and colors. And uh, Audrey was like, oh, this is really cool. She like picked the one that she wanted. Um, and the chocolates are really good too because we got them sent to us. Yeah. I, I and, and here's the thing. So I, spend the twenty nine ninety nine. It's It's worth yeah, it. And it's he, worth it. And the vase is like, I have this cool like kind of a fuchsia colored yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and it came with the chocolates. Mm-hmm. And it says here, the the profiles there are guaranteed to be fresh and beautiful for at least seven days. Well, I just... Uh, change the water, cut the another inch off the bottom, put right. the second packet of, of, mm-hmm. of flower food in there. I've had mine for coming up on two weeks now. Yeah, they last a long they time. They last a long They guarantee them for seven days, but they mm-hmm. will last longer, They'll last longer if, if you, you take, take care, care of them. them. Yeah, very, very true. So and I, yeah, they're great. They're great mm-hmm. flowers. I'm going to order them for my mom. Yeah, no, they're, they're really good. And the other thing that I liked too is you could pick the delivery date. Like if, um, you know, your mom's going to be home or, you know, mm-hmm. your wife's going to be home a certain uh, day, you can get them. Or if you don't want them there until the day before right. Mother's Day, you could pick that too. Now, the shipping charges change. But I like the fact that you can d- pick which day they get delivered. Yeah. So just go to proflowers.com, you guys. Use coupon code CFN. And, uh, and check out the great deals. You could, you could do the nineteen ninety nine one, but we rec- really recommend the twenty nine ninety nine yeah, ones because you get a little bucks. more. Mm-hmm. You get everything. But I mean, still, even at the very... Even at nineteen ninety nine, it's still a great deal. It's still a great deal. Yeah. And you can send flowers anywhere in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Do it. Um, hashtag flower it. Hashtag flower it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's it flowers... It's good if you're passionate about flowers. It is. Just don't be crazy don't be about crazy. them. Don't be crazy. You know what I mean? Don't like wrap them around your head and show up naked. You know what I mean? Don't do no, that. No, no. Just order them at proflowers.com. Don't be a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> but if you are going to be a weirdo, use the coupon use code the, CFN. Use our coupon code yeah. CFN. Absolutely. You can still do that. <laughs> Hashtag um. weirdo. <laughs> uh, okay. Hashtag flower weirdo work it. <laughs> Yeah, for nineteen ninety nine, you can be a flower weirdo. Work it. So just hashtag that. Proflowers.com, dot com. Coupon code CFF. So well, let's talk about um, some DVDs and Blu rays that are coming out. Okay. Um, now Selma, I didn't get a chance to see this yet, but you, yeah, uh, I saw, you saw it. it. It was a good film. Um, you know, as we talked about it, 
you know, the Oscar, it was definitely Oscar worthy. It, you know, I think it should have got more nominations, but as we said, it, it, I don't, what we heard was that they didn't send out as many screeners, but anyway, it's worth watching. It's a really good performance, um, by the lead actor and everybody else support. It's a good, it's a good solid film. So, I mean, if you missed it, th- it's a great time to watch Check it. it out. Check it out. Uh, black and white. This is the Kevin Costner movie that, um, very few people saw. saw. (laughs) I didn't see it. No. So, but you can check it out on DVD and Blu-ray. I know I will watch this on a plane. Yes. Oh, it'll be on a plane. You guarantee it'll be on a plane. Yeah. What usually happens is like, you know, all right, we'll give you Avengers for the airplane, but you've got to take black and white too. Do we really? Yeah. No, it's part of the deal. (laughs) Yeah. We don't have space. Am I getting agented? Are you William Morris now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For Horatio Sands, I got to take the open micer yeah, too. You- <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Yeah, whose dad owns a plastic surgery right. business? Uh, okay. <laughs> now the next movie <laughs> was that a storyline from Gotham? Yeah, I think it might have been. By the way, I'm done with Gotham. That got so stupid. I just, I can't watch it anymore. Yeah, what happened? I don't know. What happened was no one who's ever read a comic book started writing the show. I know. You know, I was so excited about that show. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. All right. Oh, now I'm excited. Oh, where are we going with this? It's a horror. It's American horror. Like, it's a horror. Yeah. What happened? Gotham City isn't a horror movie. No. And it's also um, not every, (laughs) we're going to go on a tangent here, but it's necessary. Um, Not every Batman villain is a homicidal killer is a so is a right. psycho you know like uh, the riddler would probably outsmart you right the penguin um is a high society criminal he would kill people but he just wouldn't do it constantly and randomly like the joker they made every villain the joker right. and then oh a serial killer that's interesting mm, no it isn't uh well, that didn't make so, any sense barbara no. gordon goes in He's like, oh, you're the one. And then he shows her the crazy, his yeah. torture chamber. And then mm-hmm. she still sleeps with him. Yeah. And then the next day she gets scared. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it, it it's like these random storylines that don't interconnect and don't make sense. If you want to see how it's done properly, watch Daredevil, where you could see yeah. actual storylines and how they're all connected with a through line. I wanted it because the way they handled Bruce Wayne, young Perfect. Bruce Wayne, his relationship with Alfred is great. Yeah, yeah. Jim Gordon's, I mean, now... His character is interesting because they're basically right. taking the Jim Gordon from Batman Year One. Yeah, and Harvey Bullock too. And Harvey Bullock and yeah. cleaning up Gotham and how yeah. and they have a great relationship together. Right. But then all this this crime infighting. Hey. And then like the last episode was like, wait, it's almost like the Keystone Cops where they're like literally, oh wait, we just escaped. Now we got captured again. We just escaped. Now we got captured again. You're we're, everyone's running in a circle. So I and that's that like was the, the opposite finale. Of, it's like the opposite of Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield started slow and has gotten right. better. This has started good and has gotten worse. It, it like spiraled out of like watchability. So I'm I'm really disappointed because I had high hopes for that show. Well done, DC and Warner Brothers. Uh, maybe you'll finally get a superhero right again. Remember when you were on top with the Batman and Superman movies? Remember those days? Yeah, maybe we should. Uh, um, just let Maybe Jeff I, Johns run things, for I, God's sakes. I blame Fox. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it really could be. You don't know where down the line it got uh, uh, went off the rails. Yeah. But anyway, speaking of off the rails, um, this next movie, um, Spare Parts. Now, the movie itself looks fantastic, and it's based on a true story. But the trailer is absolutely unwatchable. Like, somebody cut a trailer and went... How many cliches can we put in one trailer? Like underprivileged kids 
who, and again, based on a true story, which is really cool, underprivileged kids who um, have no money and have to compete in a robotics competition with MIT and how they'll do, will they win, and the whole thing of like, you know, their backgrounds, where they come from, these kids have nothing. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, great, compelling, based on a true story, story. Why do you have to add all these ridiculous cliches and ham-handed, dopey dialogue into the trailer? Now, I don't know how the movie is. We haven't seen the movie, but I'm hoping the movie is not like the trailer because the trailer makes it almost like, oh, my God, this is like a almost like a movie of the week, TV movie of the week from like the 80s. That's really what it felt like. Uh, Well, the director, uh, Sean McNamara, uh, or McNamara, McNamara. <laughs> McNamara. McNamara. Sean McNamara uh, directed Soul Surfer about the, the girl who had her arm bitten off. So uh, he's done some of this true story stuff. He's directed a lot of TV, That's So Raven, uh, Cake, and stuff like that. So I'm curious if... It, if, if How what, he translates into this film. How he translates into this film. Or did the marketing people go, oh, here's this... Here's the trailer. This is the point by point right. yeah, trailer could be. of the, could the, be. the downtrodden yes. kids who fight right. the thing, and like right. it's we're gonna just sh- bing. Like it's, the, it's that so schmaltzy, overacted kind of like um, every every cliche right. in the trailer is hit. Maybe the robot understands these kids better than we do. These kids don't have anything. You yeah. know that kind of like oh right. god, just, just tell me the story. That's all you have to just do. Tell just tell me the story. And if it's a true, and that's the other thing, if it's a true story. It's a, it's fine. The story yeah, on its yeah. own. These, these, it's already compelling. These kids fought MIT and built yeah. a robot out of nothing. Great. It, it really takes a lot of work to take a really compelling story and make it not compelling. <laughs> you're, you're actually going in the opposite direction. Now you're boring me with is actually a really interesting and cool story. Right. So, um, so you're saying it could be interesting. It could be interesting, but if it's nothing like the trailer. All right. So um, and and actually, this would be a good uh, fan review on the. If anybody's seen it on the uh, message boards, because do I'm it now. The DVD pick I wanted to pick was uh, Secret of Kells. Now this was a um, an animated movie came out a few years ago. It was nominated for an Academy Award, and the reason I bring it up now is because there um, the filmmaker's next film, um, uh, Song of the Sea, was also nominated uh, for an Academy Award last year. So. It's 2D animation, which is again is a is a dying art form, and it, it's really interesting to look at. It's it's very fluid and uh, um, interesting animation. These I believe are Ireland. These films are made yeah. in. Evan McGuire does the voice. Chris, yeah, yes, Brendan Gleeson's in it, mm-hmm. and he, he does a great job. Now the story is okay. It, it's the really the thing that stopped making this film probably from a classic is the story is a little mediocre. Like it's very basic. Not a lot happens. Um, so it, it's one of those things where, but the animation is ac- absolutely gorgeous and really compelling to watch. So right. it's also streaming. So check it out. It's worth your time. All right. Coming out this week. Premiering this week. Hot Pursuit. Now, you know what's interesting about this film? Is they're going to try to get less watched than Paul Blart? Yeah, I think they are. But I think in a, um, in a kind of like inequality argument you could really say oh, no see women can make inept and unwatchable comedies just as much as men can. <laughs> <Just as, laughs> yeah see so everything's fair everything's, everyone should get yeah. a chance to make yeah, a to dumb make it, movie yeah. with yeah well, I, I i can't the, even that no one else wants to watch this is the just the the 
the movie poster is like, oh, come on, man. It almost turns your stomach. It's so, but it's like it's like Mordecai. It's like one of those just seeing the billboard just kind of makes oh, you a yeah. little oh, angry. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is the Mordecai. Yeah, it is. It's the Mordecai effect. Well, so. it's the same woman who directed the Guilt Trip, uh, the Proposal, Twenty Seven Dresses, and Step Up. Mm. None of those mean anything for yeah. <laughs> for directing. You mean this the film. proposal with Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds? You mean that when he's not Green Lantern? That didn't sound uh, interesting to you? Or tw- uh, Twenty Seven Dresses? It's their good old uh, good old Catherine Heigl movie. Oh God! All right, so now I'm even yeah. <laughs> now I'm even less interested. So there's in no this. reason to see this movie. Yeah. So I, um, if anybody is brave enough to see it this weekend, just let us know. All Give right. us a tweet or a uh, something on the message. I would love to hear somebody because I I will not be seeing this film and I don't know anyone who is planning on seeing this film. <laughs> so most likely I will never know how this film is unless well, this, you guys post in the message boards. Yeah. This woman, it looks like is a choreographer. That's her main thing. Mm. So Well, there you go. It's easy to make that jump to <laughs> choreographer to storyteller. Uh, <laughs> Well, That's on. great. It's like when visual effects artists uh, become yeah. directors. That right. works out great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay. S- but she did the original Step Up. It's so mm, good. Well, two for one. She didn't didn't have to hire a, a yeah, choreographer. Bang, after bang. That. She yeah. can do it all. Saves money on the on the studio for the studio. Now this next movie looks very interesting. This is Maggie. This is the Arnold Schwarzenegger zombie movie. And I saw the trailer and I I am hooked. I'm really excited to see these movies. And some of these are in limited release too. You may actually have trouble finding Maggie. Um, What I love about this is the premise where Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter... She's coming down with zombie disease. She's mm-hmm. going to turn into a cannibalistic it's a zombie. It's a, it's a slow, slow turn. Yeah, it's a slow turn. And he does whatever he can to save her. Like, everyone's pretty much, well, you got to you gotta just bring her to the, basically, I mean, there's a lot of allegories in here. Bring her to the camp or the hospital or whatever. She's right. done. You got to forget about her or whatever. And he's like, no, this is my daughter. I'm going to figure out how to cure her. So I'm really uh, interested in seeing this movie. And honestly, the trailer... It, it really it's one of those things where well this is what Arnold Schwarzenegger should be doing this is you know the aging uh, action star you, you're not going to be blowing up buildings anymore but you can still do some stuff you could run with your zombie daughter you know from location to location but that kind of thing is like um, yes this is the movie that he should be doing and it looks like a really cool interesting premise and I'm, I'm excited to see it I saw I actually heard a uh, interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is really cool, on some satellite radio station when I was driving. Uh, might have been with Doug when we were driving from Portland down to Eugene, and uh, it was the interview was was to promote this movie, um, you know, because he's like, I don't need to promote Terminator, right? <laughs> um, and and what he said to do this, you know, it was really it was really interesting. He goes, you know, when I first got into the business, you know, I was a bodybuilder and I was very competitive, and so. I wanted to be a big movie star and I wanted to get the most contract and me and Sly were dueling it out over who gets most per picture and and I got to win and do all these things. And he goes, now that I'm older and I'm a parent, I understand, like, I want to do more stuff like this. Like, this is a little independent film. Right. I like the script. And it was just like, wow, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you, you were not a very good governor, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, as as your actor evolution, it's interesting. It was really interesting to hear him say that as a guy who's, you know, he's doing Terminator and he's doing Expendables, but then that he's like, you know what? I want to do stuff like this. 
And it was really, it, it was a really cool interview. And what he was saying, you know, uh, as an artist and as an actor and as a guy who's, he's been working in pictures for 40 years now. Sure has. So it was really, it was really interesting. And it made me want to see this movie even more. So uh, I'm interested to see it. Yeah. And it's a smart, it's a smart weekend to release it. Yes. Because nobody's going to go, because everyone knows Ultron is going to have another big weekend. Right, right. So why not slip this in to guys like us that already saw it? Now, I'm hoping it's also going to be, it's it's a kind of a dual release where limited release and theatrical, but also on demand. Yeah. Because this sounds like the perfect movie where I could just, Saturday night, mm-hmm. kids are in bed, and <laughs> just throw this on and this would be perfect. Yeah, you know, my wife and I can watch it. Yeah. Um, next movie is a documentary called I Am Big Bird, The Carol Spinney Story. Now, this I also found absolutely fascinating. And I didn't realize that it's the same person that's been doing Big Bird since we were children. No. Like, and really? he's still doing it. And this documentary, and it shows clips of him, you know, from uh, what, what he looks like now, obviously, to, you know, when he first started. And it's, it's one of those documentaries, too. It's like, you know, you get so many documentaries that have, you know, it's hard, heavy, and uh, very very controversial um, subject matter. This is the kind of documentary that just kind of exudes joy. Like this guy is just so happy and just so well beloved around the world, but he gives that back. Like he, he's like, why would I ever retire? This is all I've, you know, ever wanted to do. And he was discovered by Jim Henson many, many years ago. And, you know, I was born the year that Sesame street started. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to, to actually see, like, it's the same guy that, you know, that I watched, that my children watched. Right. On, uh, and now, you know, that he's still around. I, I can't wait to see this documentary. I think it's going to be uh, um, really good. Just from anything, I'm sure I'll be in tears by the end of it, just from yeah. nostalgia. Yes. But um, the trailer alone just showed, like, what kind of, like I said, just the joy just of him doing it and the joy that he brings is, it's just, it's... It's a documentary you don't see very often because it, it it goes in the opposite direction. Most documentaries will make you angry or sad, and this one just it's one of those ones that looks like it'll just really make you happy. Cool. So I I'd love to see it. Yeah, I grew up with that uh, that as well. Um, all right. So site spotlight. We've got two uh, Dueling of, Avengers reviews. Okay, who are they by? <laughs> C J Johnson, um, he, who has Marvel fatigue. Not as impressed with these films anymore. Uh, Whereas Neil just had a great time at the movies. So um, we're we're at whichever side. If you're Team CJ or Team Neil, (laughs) you can see where you land on the the site. Now, one of the things I mentioned, too, is... uh, See if you guys can comment on the actual articles now, because we, we're pretty sure we have that functionality um, working, but we don't know until you guys actually can comment on them. So comment on the articles. That would be great. So we can actually um, and start a discussion right on the article page. Yeah, it should be mm-hmm. right. That, the way we want to have it set up and the way it should be working is, you know, there's an article, whatever, and then at the bottom you press comment and you can say, oh, I agreed with this, I didn't, whatever. Right. Um, and you should also be able to share them right through Twitter and Facebook, too. Like, like oh, this is, I totally agree with this review, and you can click and share. Yeah, that's what we want you guys to do, to share yeah. it to people out there to get mm-hmm. to be, have people come check out the site. Yeah. Um, and mainly just to see if it's working. Yeah, we, <laughs> could you guys be, we need thousands of beta testers right now. <laughs> can you do that for us? Yeah. Um, 
It won't cost you anything. It won't. It's free. It's free. You can read it in front of any reviews. <laughs> and there's a great review uh, also. Like uh, a lot of you guys are actually starting to put your own movie reviews down in the message boards. And some of them are from o- older films. Like somebody just did a fan review of Stardust, which is a book I loved and also a movie I really enjoyed as well. Um, so check out the uh, review of Stardust. Yeah, that's the movie that came out in 2007 mm-hmm. um, that was directed by Matthew Vaughn. Yes. That we had numerous discussions about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check that out. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks for the thanks for the fan review of Stardust. Love your reviews, guys. If any of you, you know, watch something, some crazy film and want to send it to us. Yeah, please. Post it. Post it. Um, all right, guys. Well, that is our program. Um, Get ready for the spoiler app. Spoiler app. When are we going to release the spoiler app? Uh, maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. I think right. sooner. The, people are clamoring. They're clamoring for it. Maybe we'll release it tonight. Maybe. Maybe I'll uh, release it at some. I'll pick some weird time. Like yeah. Two in the <laughs> All right. Sit by your iTunes. Sit by. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sit by your iTunes. You'll see it go bling. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that's our show. You know, uh, guys, uh, I will be this uh, Wednesday and Thursday. I am doing shows in Lake Havasu City, Arizona, mm-hmm. at a bar there. Uh, it's the only bar that has a comedy show. I don't even know the name of it. It's also the only bar there. So, the only bar, so <laughs> I will be in Lake Havasu Wednesday and Thursday. At the bar. At the bar. <laughs> the bar of Lake Havasu. Um, so come check that out. And... Uh, I'm going to be in Vegas in July at the Improv and Tahoe in August at the Improv. So check those out. We're working on some more uh, more dates. And, of course, L.A. Podfest. It's um, coming up. September 18th through the 20th. Hotel rooms are still available. Tickets are still available. Hotel rooms are going, though. Mm-hmm. People are buying them a little faster this year than they did last year. So check that Which out. Which means I think people didn't get them last year, like the, the discounted block. So the, I think that's why they're going faster yeah. this year. So you want to, if you're coming, definitely get. And the, we're already the block. we're already releasing the, this lineup that we're releasing this year is already pretty impressive yes. compared to years past. So definitely, we're, um, we're stepping everything up. Everything's getting stepped up, man. So uh, you know, uh, Kevin Avery and W. Como Bell's podcast, Indoor Kids, Never yep. Not Funny, uh, Doug Loves Movies, Aisha Tyler, Mark Marin. Um, comedy bang bang comedy bang bang it's all it's all and we're good. working on a couple other uh, big Sklar ones too. brothers um so it's all good uh one thing i do want to mention to you guys and this is something new we have on the website uh a lot of podcasters talk about this too we finally implemented this uh, if you guys shop at amazon we become an amazon affiliate um because we can't carry everything in the store we uh, we if you can buy stuff in our store great but there's plenty of things on amazon that we don't carry i'm just guessing like every, uh, yeah like, like, like everything on the planet uh so if you go to the comedy film nerds um website and then just click through to the amazon link and buy something on amazon we'll get a little taste and that will actually help support the show especially if it's something you're going to buy anything anyway and if you could buy like um laptops tvs and maybe a tesla that would be <laughs> great. Buy, you have a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> that would be uh, great if you click through on our Amazon link. Yeah, but it's to the right. It's on the homepage on the right. And seriously, if you are going to already shop at Amazon, you just click through us. It doesn't cost you anything extra. We just get a little kickback, and it helps right. us to do more fun things. Absolutely, and we'll we'll be having an iTunes one up soon. That still hasn't been implemented yet, but that's coming as well. So a thanks a lot for the way. support, guys. Yes, yes. Thanks, guys. Um, love doing the show all you that have been listening for a long time we always love having you and, and, and all you new listeners welcome welcome to the wonderful world of comedy film nerds we normally have a guest 
Yes, <laughs> normally we do. But when they text you... Uh, a lot of last-minute cancellations lately. See, I don't know. It's going around. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to replace a guest within 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. it's hard. <laughs> um, so we need to create an AI yes. that is just... We can program in different guests. We could. That just substitute in. All right. Like a CFN Ultron. Yeah, CF, CFN Ultron. All right, done. Or a CFN X Machina. All right, we'll ask Brian... Yep. Put that together. <laughs> Brian, oh could you make an AI uh, <laughs> while you're at it? I know you're busy with the PodFest site, but could yeah. you just uh, string together an AI? Yeah. <laughs> but don't make her, her crazy and want to kill us like the Ex Machina yes. one. Give her passion. Or a guy, whatever. But not crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, it applies to everything. It, it, does, to it really does. It applies yeah. to everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.